day two, Monday, Psachim and Dalad Amid Beis, the Gemara says, Noisin Tamalif Gamas Mata, a flavor in kashras, in food, that is revolting, it's repugnant. Imagine some milk falls into your glass of wine, or a piece of meat for that matter falls into the wine, the wine becomes, yeah. So you don't say that the wine is pygim that makes fleshics or treif the wine, but it's, it's, we, we see it as nothing, it's mutter, it's a non event because you're not nana from it. Big klaw and halacha. Where does this become interesting? You're going to look at a box of dishwasher soap and you say, why do I need a heksher on it? Or dove soap to wash the dishes. Why do I need a heksher? And the answer is the halacha, you don't need a heksher. The reason why the OU does it, and I've seen, I've spoken to Rabbi Nachem Genak about it, he says Rabbi Yitzchak Hanan gave a heksher in Kovna in the mid-1800s on the first factory that mass-produced kosher soap. Instead of animal fat, they used coconut oil. This fellow, whose name was uh, Rokeach, he actually came to America and then opened the soap factory. So really, the food becomes an edible when it becomes distasteful like that. So soap, nobody's going to sit and drink a glass of dishwasher detergent. It would have to be a meshuggah. But Rabbi Belsky, who was the senior mashkiach for the OU, he said, even though it doesn't, he says, when it comes to kashras, we're very machmer. So they were machmer, but halacha, if you find dishwasher soap of any time without a heksha, you don't need a uh. And where else do we use this concept of nice and tam lefkam? Let's say your wife tells you, she says, Oi, I left a fleshig spoon in the milk of the dishwasher. Well, you know that what happens, the water's going to come in, the hot water, it's going to be get full of soap, and it's going to become disgusting. Nobody's going to drink a glass of fluid, so it's going to pygim all the food in there. So the pygim hold that, but the evid, you do not have to, you can use that uh, fork or spoon that was in the, the wrong dishwasher. Why? Because of this concept of nice and tam lefkam. Alternatively, the OU uses it for when they run a factory and, you know, there's pots and pipes and they said, oh, this pot we forgot to kasha. It was from the old tray for grape juice in it or whatever it may have been. So the halacha is that they'll say that if it's not a ben if it wasn't used within 24 hours, we assume everything in it became distasteful, isn't nice and tam anymore. The beans that were in this, whatever, the pork and beans, 24 old oblias are nice and tam lefkam. So therefore, we would do it. But they would not run it again because we hold nice and tam lefkam is muta, number of practical applications. Today is the yard site of the great Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon. And I've learned, all of us, look, if we learned in Yeshiva, we, the whole Shulchan Aruch is based on the Rambam. If you learned in Yeshiva, the Yad HaChazaka, he wrote, which is the foundation of the Shulchan Aruch. And when he was young, he wrote the Parish HaMishnayis. In his older age, he wrote the Maranavuchim. But the most powerful Rambam I saw was a letter that's printed in none of the above. And it was a letter he wrote to Shmuel ibn Tibbin, who was his translator, who translated the Parish HaMishnayis and the Maranavuchim. Imagine the debt of gratitude that the Rambam owed to him. And yet, when he writes to the Rambam, he says, I've spent so many years learning and translating. I would love to meet you in person. I'm going to come all the way from Provence, this is southern France, to Cairo, where the Rambam lived next to Cairo. Would you set some time aside for me? And the Rambam writes him back a letter, a really an astonishing letter. He says, don't come. And this is a letter the Rambam wrote September 30th, 1199. He writes to Provence a number of years before he died. The Rambam was in his 60s already. And the Rambam writes why. He says, I work for the king. I live in Fostat, and the Sultan lives in Cairo. This is the Sultan Saladin, greatest caliph ever in, in Arabic history. He says, the distance between them is a mile and a half. My duties are very heavy. I see him every morning. I check on his health, his princes, the women in his harem. I can't leave Cairo that day. It often happens as an officer needs me. I heal them all day. I am in Cairo early each day, and by the time I get back, half the day is gone. I never come home earlier. When I come home, my foyer is filled full of people, Jews, non-Jews. They all need me as a physician. I get off my donkey, I wash my hands, I go out to heal them, I write them prescriptions, patients go in and out until 
nightfall sometimes i swear to you by the tyra it's two hours into the night that they're there so i have no time to visit you because of all this he writes no jew can come and speak with me in wisdom or have a private audience i have no time except on shabbos which is why by the way now i'm at living the rambam in the moira in, in the yad Chazaka, he says writes never waste the night of learning he says never waste the night he was taking this from his own life why is this so important it's so real we read these hagiographies of gedolim when they were one they were when they were nursing they made brachis and they learned 24 hours a day 36 here's the rambam writing from early day every Every day of the week, except for Shabbos, till night, I'm totally preoccupied. And the Yad Chazaki says, at night I learned. And to me, and I think I read this, I was, I saw this letter, sometimes I'll spread out either in my room at night, either in Washington or in LA or in Puerto Rico, wherever my travels have to take me. And I said, wow, this is so real. This is a, a gadol I can emulate. This is something I can relate to the Rambam. He understood the necessity of living in this world, being Makadish this world. So the Rambam is a really a gadol for the year 2020. May his memory be a blessing on all of Israel. We have somebody just of incredible stature to emulate.